eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love Star. of the Star podcast. I am not Peyton Russell, our dear producer. I'm Bobby Belts, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. And he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian Broaddus, we have Dallas Cowboys football underway. How are you? How are you feeling uh, after this 40 to nothing beatdown of the Giants on Sunday night football? You know, I tell you what, what a great start to the season. You couldn't have, uh, you couldn't have scripted it any better uh, for the Dallas Cowboys to go on the road against a division opponent and come out of there with a convincing victory. Offense didn't have to play a big role in what was going on uh, with the victory. You kind of found a way those first 16 points you got in the game. That was probably enough to win it right there, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but you know, it, it's one of those things as a, a front office guy or former front office guy, you get a nice victory. Uh, it's on the road. Like I mentioned, a division opponent, the health of your team looks like you came out of it. Okay. So you have to really be happy uh, with the way that everything kind of played out to, uh, for this uh, for this particular opening day. Yeah, I mean, the only uh, injury we seemed to see was, uh, you know, Chume Doga got hit in the eye or something yeah. and had to come off the field for a few plays, but he was right back out there, and so he seems to be good to go. But, yeah, Brian, this was one that, you know, uh, I can't say from start to finish it was dominant because, man, the first six plays or so, it felt like the Giants were going to be able to run the ball right yeah. down your throat all day. Um, but, uh, you know, from the very start, they, you know, they, they were having trouble throwing the ball. Um, you know, even in the instances of Daniel Jones scrambling on you twice on that opening drive for some big runs, it was because he couldn't get to what he wanted to get to in, in the passing game. And so you, from the very start, shut down the passing game. And, man, after that missed field goal, after that block from Wanye Thomas, who also had a nice run stop on that drive, one of the few good run stops you had, mm-hmm on that drive. Uh, Wanye Thomas gets the block. Then he gives a block on the run back for Noah Igbenogany. And from there, it was just smooth sailing. One of the most dominant defensive performances I've seen from the Cowboys in, you know, 
the the last several you know pro- probably twenty years. It, it was a an absolutely dominant performance. Um, but Brian, short memory? Your, Are you going to short memory Minnesota Vikings last year? I think that uh, on a defensive front, I thought this was more dominant. I felt like I felt yeah okay. I see what you're doing there. I thought I thought as a team you played better against the Vikings because the offense was they, on they, fire. That day. they had a couple of games last year. I felt like where they beat people up, and here I am going after you in week one. But uh, you know, it, no, that funny. that's not my intent. They beat up on the Indianapolis Colts pretty well too. Yes, was did, another one. So Minnesota, the Colts, couple of like really kind of beat you up games uh, for this uh, for this football team, but. To your point, you're, I, I think you're right. When you look at overall dominance, but you're right, too. It didn't start that way. It, it really appeared that the Cowboys were going to struggle to deal with uh, with the, the, the Giants running game. And, you know, yeah. Saquon Barkley, you know, if you go through the series, he starts off with a five-yard run. Daniel Jones with a eight-yard run. They get 15 more tacked on that on an, uh, you know, an unnecessary roughness penalty, which – it kind of felt like, okay, what are the things that the Cowboys need to clean up to be an elite defense? It's those penalties where it's hands to the face, uh, roughing, uh, you know, illegal contact, all those types of things that were to give uh, opponents a better field position or more field position. So you have an eight-yard run, a 15-yard penalty, uh, then Barkley with like a nine-yard run, a five-yard run. Uh, you know, they, they get a six-yard run. Daniel Jones with another 12-yard run. It – it did not appear that the Cowboys uh, in that first initial drive by the Giants was ready to play defensive football. You know, it, no. I, was, I was expecting, I'm going, okay, somebody could step up here, Tank. Some up, step up, Micah. Somebody step up and make a stop here and kind of like, and, and turn things back. And they really, really didn't turn these things back. It, and it goes to, you know, you get, you're in a, you know, you're second and 10 down there, and Daniel Jones runs for eight yards. So now it's a third and two. Okay, this is where the football god said, enough, enough for you Dallas Cowboys. Because Thomas gets the illegal motion penalty, false start penalty. Now instead of being third and two, it's third and seven. And then you get the aborted snap which takes them back 14 more yards. And which, now, by the way, that, that false start only happens because Micah Parsons is the player. That exactly, exactly. Though. Micah Parsons is standing there ready to scream off the edge on a third and seven. And that's why. And so you get uh, John Michael Smith rolls the ball back. Jones has to hustle back, cover it up, 14-yard loss. Now, okay, you've... you've avoided really disaster here you've 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 stopped the the bleeding and here you go and bones fossil what does he do and i and i'm going to say this bobby i do believe this they saw something in bredderson you know they saw something in how he lined up at that tackle spot he's the guard who had a lot of problems in this game but they found something, I don't know if it was during the regular season last year with him playing tackle, or maybe something that they saw in the preseason where they were trying to, where he, but you watched his stance, and he got, the, his feet were extremely wide, he went forward, and that created a natural gap between his right foot 
and the wing to his side. And I, I kind of feel like that, that they knew that this potentially could happen, that that was going to be a weak point for this field goal protection unit for the Giants. And for Wanye Thomas to jump through that gap as cleanly as he did, it's like they knew, okay, this is we're going to give it a go here. We're going to try something here. Yeah. Because he, he got home clean. I mean, he the nice little jump, a little burst, and then a block. And then if you look on the other side, if you look on the other side, Iggy's on the other side waiting for the football. You know, he's waiting on the ball on the other side. You know, yeah. it's like they're, it's kind of like they've practiced a block and then a scoop and score on the other side. You know, there's not yeah. – usually you get a rush and a rush and, you know, people trying to get there, but it's like they expected a block a, and then a, a waiter to kind of get the ball and then go in. It, it was it was so well executed, and I guarantee you it was something that they probably saw – as a weak spot of the, the the New York football giants there and took great advantage of it. But I'll say this, okay, Giants down 6 nothing. Giants, instead of coming back and trying to run the football, what do they yeah. do? They throw the ball three straight times, three straight times that they try. And, you know, they get pressure. Fowler gets pressure on first down. They get a they get a, a pass breakup by Wanye Thomas on third down, or excuse me, on second down, trying to to go to the to the big tight end. Right in the hip pocket of Darren Waller on that. Right play. in the hip pocket of Darren Waller, knocks the ball down. Now we're looking at third and ten. And then you get the Micah Parsons sack. That's it. Ball mm-hmm. game. You know, then yeah, you know over. that was over. It was over right then and there because all of a sudden, no. Dallas gets the ball, they drive down, they get the field goal for 21 yards, and it's 9-0. You're like, okay. But the Giants just, instead of trying to establish the run like they did in the first series, they continue to throw the football. And if you're a Giants fan, you're probably going, wait a minute, we lost the game maybe on that second drive when we, instead of trying to come back and, and create doubt and maybe wear the Cowboys down, throw the ball three straight times. I don't think teams are going to play the Cowboys like the, the football Giants just played them anymore. They're, I think teams are going to be more committed to staying with the run. Yeah, I, I really do. I don't. There's no way that you can convince me that beating the Dallas Cowboys by throwing the football is the best way to go. Until yeah. they until they show me that they can completely choke the run, and there were some times where they choked that run, but the Giants. The first series of the game created some doubt. Then you get the motion penalty, you get the poor snap, the block field goal, and then the three and out the following the following what, drive. What looked different? Because you're right, they they did settle down a little bit in their their run fits and everything else the rest of the way. And and you they know, were they were not the they were catching blocks, man. Because that's the thing. Like yeah. I, I remember specifically on that opening series, I remember there's one time, and I can't remember if it was the guard or Schmitz, but somebody just blew Chauncey Golston out of the gap on one of those plays. There was another one where Damone Clark, it looked like just had the completely wrong run fit. Right. He he went in the completely wrong gap and Barkley just, okay, I'll run right by you. Right. What, what changed? Did they get more disciplined or, or did New York just stop executing? I think New York, the the first drive of the game, they, they were coming off the ball and they were, they were establishing the line of scrimmage. 
from the point on of the second series, Dallas was playing on the Giants' side of the line of scrimmage. The entire that from from after that first drive because the Giants were coming off there were the double teams, some of the single block stuff. Linebackers were getting caught up. You know, safety. Everybody was kind of trying to you know do their jobs, but the Giants did a really good job of playing with some leverage, getting some movement, getting their pad level down, getting underneath, and getting some push. And you you saw, I mean, they were getting it, like I, I read you the numbers, you know, and then the Daniel Jones running mixed in. Daniel Jones running for, uh, you know, for uh, for eight yards, for twelve yards, for eight yards. You know, we we talked about this going into this game. What's the one thing you you worry about the Giants? It's well, Daniel Jones dropping back and running for eight yards, running for twelve yards, running for fifteen yards. That's yeah. what worried me going in this game. And he did that in the first series. But the, the, the Giants did a really good job as a unit getting off the ball and making the Dallas Cowboys have to play on their heels a little bit. But then that completely flipped. It completely flipped after that three and out. Dallas it, then became an aggressive team, and they were the ones winning the line of scrimmage. It's really interesting because I think everybody knows that the the big stars here coming out of this game is just the defensive line and what they were doing. Um, specifically, Micah Parsons, who when you look at his stat line and it says one sack and you know two quarterback hits or whatever, it, it seems like really that's all he did. Well, he was so much more impactful than that. I mean, even the you know the fact that I know everybody saw the clip of him eating up two blockers so Oso Digizua can just come in and finish up the sack. Um, you know, the, the talking about how he's threatening off the edge and causing false starts and then bad snaps and things like that. He's somebody who, uh, you know, makes a real difference outside of just what the box score is going to show. But, you know, we know Oso Digizua had a great game. Dorrance Armstrong had a great yeah. game. Dante Fowler, I thought, had a really good game and, and didn't get enough discussion. Demarcus Lawrence. Let's talk about outside of just what the defensive line did, though. Wanye Thomas, obviously, he was the first. Well, can domino. I circle back real quick, yeah. though, Bobby, on yeah. the on the defensive line? What happened, and this goes back to Dan Quinn, and I've said this on a few platforms, so I'll say it one more time, and then I'll try and remember that I've said it on a few platforms. Dan Quinn will make Micah Parsons to the level that Micah Parsons needs to be. And I'll tell you where. Dan Quinn knows that Micah Parsons is going to get doubled and triple team. He knows that offensive lines are going to set their protection to him. Mm-hmm. They are going to find number 11. They're going to slide it, chip it, help. They're going to do everything to try and do that. Dan Quinn, knowing this, what does he do? Dan Quinn figures out, I can't put somebody next to Micah Parsons that can't rush the passer. I am not going to waste a Micah Parsons snap with him inside if without putting somebody to his outside that could probably rush the passer. So what does he do? He puts he moves Micah inside and he puts Osa to the outside of him. So what happens? Giants Giants sell out to block Micah. What does Osa do? Starts up and then comes behind the double team. As he sees the quarterback, as he sees Daniel Jones stepping forward in the pocket, what does Osa do? He loops around, makes the play. Dan Quinn is smart enough to know, okay, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna send multiple people after Micah. Maybe I can get somebody home. But i got to get somebody home that can rush the pass. Now, he's got a lot of options. 
but he put his best option, I think, right now next to next to Micah on that play when it came to Oso Diggy Zawa to get him home. That's that's what Dan Quinn has to do. That's what Dan Quinn is going to have to do going forward because he knows if he could get Micah, Micah's going to command blocks, get other people home. Or Micah's going to get home and you're going to get a sack like we saw early in that game. But it's you're it's right. it's really good technique. And But you mentioned focusing on the outside, the other guys like Wanye Thomas, and even throw in, uh, uh, you know, even throw in uh, our young guy there, uh, Marquise Bell. Yeah, Marquise well. Bell and yeah. Wanye yeah. Thomas both yeah. really good performances. We'll talk about them here in just a second. Good time to remind you guys that you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Brian, so Wanye Thomas, Marquise Bell, they stepped up in a big way. One of the things I want to focus on here, though, is first off, Stefan Gilmore was fantastic in this game and coverage. Brilliant. Player. He was he was great, um, and one of the things that stood out to me though was the physicality that Trayvon Diggs was playing with yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the fact that he comes in and he lays the wood on Saquon Barkley and pops the ball in the air that Deron Bland picks off, goes in the end zone, and that felt like I know we said it was essentially game over after the field goal. That felt like the Giants are not winning this game tonight. No, we got a, it was sixteen nothing. It was like Giants have lost. That was the end. It felt too much for them. Uh, you have Diggs, of course, later on coming down, uh, making the the strip on the catch and run uh, that Israel Mukwamu then scoops it up. But I thought it was really interesting, the sort of physicality that Diggs played with. And he's flashed it at times uh, very, very seldomly. Like, we always point to the Cincinnati game, that wrap-up tackle he made. Twice. On third day. Yeah, two of them. But third and fourth one down. specifically on third, that yeah, was yeah. really big. Yeah. Um, do you think that... We're seeing a a new Trayvon Diggs, or was it just a? Do you think he was in the moment along with this groundswell that the defense felt, and that was an outpouring of that, or or is this a potential? We really do have a more physical version of Trayvon Diggs this season. I want to believe it's a more physical because look at what happened when, and he gave up the probably the biggest play of the game or the biggest play of the day, excuse me, for the Giants, the ball that went to to Hodgins, right, the one where he was able to. It was a big run, big run, big catch, and he hammers it out of out of his hand. So that is a very, very aggressive play. If you're going to give up a big play, make sure you try and make a big play uh, to kind of turn the tide there, and he did by creating the fumble. But if I could go back, if you remember the hit that he made, okay, the previous plays of that, the first down play, you get a sack from uh, Lawrence. Yep. 
The second play on second down, second and 19, you get an incomplete. Now it's 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 third and 19, and Daniel Jones is under pressure, and he's just trying to check it down, and he's he's just trying to live to fight for another day. So what does he do? He throws the ball. Just a great read by Diggs. But he took a lot of grief for what happened to him in that San Francisco playoff yeah. game when he missed the just completely whiffed, you know, with the ball with an opportunity. And then he had the drop, you know, but the ball was through traffic, you know, probably didn't see it cleanly like he needed to. But I think I think what you're starting to see from Diggs is that there was there was a time, and I really did believe this, Bobby that the, the Giants were going to be a left-handed team and they were going to try and run the ball at him. They were going to see who in the right side, because you run the ball at tank, it's going to be problems, you know, but you run the ball at that right defensive end for the Cowboys, whoever it might be, and then you force Diggs to have to play forward, you know? And but he he there's he he took a lot of grief for the lack of physicality that he played with at times. Yeah. You know, to absolutely. the point to the point where people are like tweeting at you like, "Hey, well look at that. Yeah, there it goes. You know, there's a play, you know. You guys talk about him. You know, no, I mean, let's let's be honest here. We don't sit here and talk about these players what they can and cannot do unless we still like, well, hey, they, you know, like Adoga, we didn't see and we'll get into how what kind of game Adoga had. I mean, I I, I think there's some positive things. Sure. But there are things that we did not with with Diggs where you had seen him not, you know, not be as aggressive as he needed to be. And yesterday he was did a great job. Again, big time play, two big time plays, knocking the ball loose, and then and then on the on the uh, bland uh, uh, interception for a touchdown pick six, and then him hammering the ball out of Hodgins, uh, you know, hands uh, after the after the catch. So maybe this is one of those things where it is a a turning point for him with the physicality that he knows that he needs to play with. Yeah, because, I mean, I thought, honestly, yesterday, all three of your starting corners played really, really well. Deron yeah. Bland, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, I thought they all were, were really impressive. We know I thought Jalen Hyatt was going to be big vertical yeah. guy. One target for the game, and it was a By drop. Way, I, I, this is weird weird I, game for him, man. Weird I, I game. felt like watching the game. I have not. I, I haven't gone back and watched the tape yet on it, but watching it live the first time and being you know up in the press box and having kind of the the full view of it. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me, and I'm curious if you saw the same one tape. Did it look like to you, Daniel Jones was just flat out missing his pre-stamp diagnosis of what the defense was doing. He, he it, was, looked like, yeah. it looked like right after the snap, there were several times where he kind of started pinballing around like this. They're not where I thought they were. It looked no. like the Cowboys were doing a really good job of disguising their intentions because Daniel Jones looked like post snap. He was very confused on several different occasions. Yeah. I think the weather really bothered him, but the Dallas front seven really bothered him a lot. And, and what actually the, the 11 on the field, because the secondary did a great job in coverage. I think there was a various looks that Dan Quinn gave him and he knew that his offensive line was compromised bad. He, he it didn't matter. You know, we talked about uh, the potential, the problems at guard, the problems at center with the rookie there, the problems at the right tackle spot. All five guys, it, it did not matter. Daniel Jones, with the one thing, with all that pressure and the sacks that the Cowboys were able to create, Daniel Jones' eye level went from being downfield to looking at the rush. And once he started looking at the rush, he was done. 
Ball wasn't going to get out. Ball wasn't going to go down the field. You know, he wasn't going to make a. He wasn't going to make a. I mean, you forced him into the the interception uh, that Gilmore had. I mean, she's just throwing the ball out of bounds. But here he is running to the sidelines. He tries to fit the ball back inside. Well, no chance. No chance there. You know, Gilmore with a great interception, able to get both hands underneath the ball, cradle it to get the interception. You know, give, set the Cowboys up in a great spot. There wasn't but a person in the press they box. They rattled. Really, they rattled no, him yesterday. No one, no one realized Gilmore had picked it off in the press box no. until it was called. A, it, no. Like I, I watching it live, I hadn't even been sure just because the angle it was at and Micah right. pushing him out. I hadn't been sure he had gotten the ball out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you saw it. Look, I thought there was a fight at the bottom of the pile, but no, it was just they were trying to scrap for the ball, and it was right. like, oh gosh, like Gilmore actually picked that off. So defense. Incredible night. You can't say enough good things about them. I, I'm going to say this about the offensive grade. Incomplete. Like, I have no idea. I, I, I don't think we got a chance to see the offense really at all. I mean, there were certain aspects of it you can certainly see. Um, but in terms of what they want to do with this new passing attack and some of the concepts, it's just it was basically 16 nothing before they got a chance to do anything. And it was a wet field. And your offensive line was a little bit compromised. So I don't think we were going to get a great representation of what they want to do in the passing attack from this game. But in general, I think we can look at some individual performances. You already mentioned one guy, Tume Idoga. And I thought Idoga was, he was okay. Um, you know, he was, there was specifically the big 25-yard run that Pollard had. Uh, Idoga pulled on that and did a nice job kind of sealing. And then you had good blocks from Schoonmaker. And I think it was Hendershot. Yeah, it was. Um, Hendershot, by the way, he still has issues with drops. He had the drop mm -hmm. in the end zone. That's a, mm -hmm. th something we've talked a lot about here on this show is his issue with the drops. I got to say, he's impressed me uh, on two different occasions yesterday. I think he impressed me with his blocking. So he's improved, I think, over the offseason. But in general, your thoughts on how Edoga played in place of Tyler Smith? Well, let me circle back what I learned about the offense, Bobby, because is the weather definitely a factor? Uh, the way that the defense dominated for the Cowboys and special teams – Big factor. Didn't have to do as much. I will say this. The most impressive thing that I saw from this offense was the drive to start the second half. 10 plays, 75 yards. The way that the mix, you know, they started off with the pass to, to Michael Gallup. They get some runs. You know, they kind of mix and match away. They go, they went with the, you know, they, they, they finish off the drive with a touchdown. They needed that. The offense needed something like that. And, and I know on 105.3, the fan on the on the, the halftime show, you know, with Zach Wolchek and myself, I challenged the offense. I said, listen, you got a lead, but you get the ball to start the second half. You need to find a way to go get seven points out of this. Because it really they really hadn't done very much all night. You know, but mm -hmm. there were some creative things. The 49-yard pass out of uh, the trips formation with the two picks and the wheel behind it. You know, that's all we're asking. Create separation for Dak Prescott. The fourth down pass to, to Cooks with the off coverage and him to run the inside route and they get protection and Dak throws the ball right where it needs to be thrown. The unbalanced line on the goal line and they, they uh, you know, they hand the ball or toss the ball to, to Pollard and he's able to kind of get in off that. There was some creativity, but that second that second half drive that started the second half, that first drive of the second half, that's what I needed to see because that's what this team is capable of. Going, you know, taking, going 75 yards, mixing up the, the play calls, but also finding a way to kill almost six minutes off that clock and, and, and finish with points. So 
other than that, it was a very, in a way, you know, kind of a night where you're like, eh, okay, that was good. That was great. But to get back to Odoga uh, and where he played, and I was super, super, super critical of him because I did not see him when he played offensive tackle. He, let's be honest, he was awful. But yeah. you know, the, this defense had a way of making everybody look awful. I'm not making excuses for him, but here he is. He's not. He doesn't look good at tackle. We didn't see him play any guard. I didn't see him play any guard. I know you know. Some take a handful of practice reps where he looked a little better. But I did. I don't remember any of them, Bobby. I'm sorry if I. That's I mean, fine. Yeah. I, I don't remember any of them. But I, th- I, I remember seeing him at guard. He looked a little better, but not as good as I thought he was last night. See, but that's that's what I'm saying. The the way that the Giants played, it's perfect for how he is because Adoga to me is kind of a small area player, even though he pulls and you know he had some opportunities to you know he had some blocks where he was okay again. And he was good enough. He was not a liability. Him at tackle in him as a tackle in practice was a liability. You know, but last night, no. What are they going to do? They're going to bull rush him. They're going to try and just run over him. They're not going to have a lot of moves, a lot of quickness, a lot of that. And that plays right into his hands. He did a nice job. Him, Tyron Smith, did a really nice job over on that left-hand side. You know, there. But I, I, the one big, the one blemish was only really that Biotis got pushed a little bit by Lawrence. You know, he and got, that he got, he was the. I thought he had the most trouble on the offensive line last well, night. Well, yeah. He on, on the Dowell's screenplay first, for yeah the screenplay for him to cover the fumble though was that helps a lot. Dowdle's ten yard run, the right. first right carry he got the game. He moved Lawrence like he. Yeah, that was sure the did. One time I remember him getting movement on. No, Lawrence, no, absolutely. But, I, I, you know. There was some struggle there. There's clearly some struggle there. But I, I overall, though, I like what I saw from Steele and Martin, and you mentioned the 25-yard run that Pollard had. Yeah, that was Hendershot. That was uh, Schoonmaker. You know, that was that's what you got to have. They did, the Titans did a great job at the point of attack. The tackles, the guard, everybody hats on hats. But Odoga as, as a whole, I'm, I'm going to sit there and apologize for him because – like I say, I don't know anybody that had any real confidence. Now, they had confidence. he confi- wasn't great. He was no, good No, he enough. was good. He was good enough, and he wasn't a liability. And that's all you can ask. That's all you can ask right now. Yeah, you know, it's funny that I, I think that when you talk about uh, – when you talk about somebody who has to step in, spot start, and was good enough, and, you know, a short area player, things like that, it sounds a little bit to me like you're describing uh, a guy that had to step in, play with some power, was needed to play in tighter areas. Uh, it sounds a little bit like what they got out of Xavier Suofilo a couple years ago. You remember when sure. he had to step yeah. in and play? Yeah. Like if and if you if he can be that, if he can be what Suofilo did, what nobody which nobody thought Suofilo was like, oh, this is a permanent starter. But it's like, okay, you can get by if he has to play guard for a little bit. That's how I felt about Adoga in this game. It's interesting. You mentioned the fourth down catch from Brandon Cooks. That was. Two catches, 22 yards for Cooks. Not a, a a dominant offensive day in general for the unit, the offensive unit. But I thought that, again, the box score doesn't tell the whole story with Cooks, who I thought that big fourth down catch and yeah. knowing he was going to get hit. and The pass interference, drawing the pass the, interference. The pass interference, he yeah. olayed that one. That was, uh, that was a nice little soccer sell job. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't think that was nearly the contact that he made it out to be. Uh, a savvy move there. He gets the illegal contact on a third down throw that misses to CeeDee Lamb, you know, extends the drive a little bit longer. But what I thought was interesting there was 
the throw on fourth down, the pass interference on third down. The game was still sort of in the balance at that point when those throws were made. I thought it was interesting that on on big moments right there, Dak was looking for Brandon Cooks. No, Brandon Cooks, you watch him run routes. He's, he's he, he is so in and out of breaks, the cuts that he's able to make, outstanding when it comes to you know, and, and and really the routes run all at the same speed. He's not a start out fast, slow down to have to stop. No, he is a he is a his routes have got a lot of shape to them and they've got a lot of speed and a lot of quickness to them. Yeah, he was somebody who I just I found it very interesting that I mean Dak obviously has a lot of trust for CeeDee Lamb. Uh Michael Gallup really Again, you want to talk about what I think may have been a concerted effort. Did you think, Brian, there was a concerted effort on that opening drive in the second half of let's get Gallup into a rhythm. Let's look for Michael first. Yeah, it, you know, and he he's he's worked so hard, and you don't want him to become the forgotten guy, you know, but they, they're, they're, they're going to need Michael Gallup. Again, he what does Michael Gallup do? He, he makes a catch, and you're thinking he's got no chance to keep his body in, but what does he do? He goes and catches the ball and tries. To yeah. get you know, but you know the catch, the the ten yard catch to start the or the eleven yard catch to start the the second half was a big play for him. You know, yeah. it was nice to see him get the catch, and you know, you you got to find a way. I think to, that was very intentional, though. I think that yeah. was let's try and get Michael yeah. into a rhythm, yeah. and they looked for him there. But I just think I do think it's interesting that early in the game, but when big throws were when those were still meaningful throws on third and fourth down, Dak looked for Brandon Cooks. That's the, the and direction he should. He Brandon yeah. Cooks is going to make plays. Yeah, Brandon, and, and this, the, we've talked he's going to win Brandon. on the routes. He's going to win routes on the outside. We've talked about Brandon Cooks as the speed threat and the vertical mm-hmm. threat, but, I mean, we do need to, to continue to talk about it. He's a really good route runner. He's somebody who can still make these tough catches over the middle. He's not a giant receiver, but you saw He'll make the catch, and he'll stand in there, and he'll take the hit, and he'll finish right. it. Right. I mean, he's a good receiver, has been a good receiver for, you know, a decade now um, because of those aspects. Now, you know, obviously – not a lot we can take from Dak Prescott's performance. I don't feel like, again, it's kind of an incomplete grade. Um, there were, He had a couple misses uh, that I felt, especially in the first half, were more about rhythm of the offense and trying to figure things out more than the weather in the first half. Second half was more about weather. Um, but also he had at least four drops. Brian, was it five? Because I know Turpin had one. You got two from Ferguson and one from Hendershot. Was there another one in there that I'm forgetting? There were at least four drops. Yeah, I was day. trying. I was trying to think of all the the, the drops. The one, the the one. Ferguson had one. Hendershot had one. Uh, Ferguson had two. Ferguson had two. Yeah, they had one of, in the red zone, and then Turpin had one in the red zone. Turpin had one in the red zone. Yeah, and so you had some drops issues there. Before we go to the mailbag, I, I'm just curious, Brian, that the other aspect here, because I think you know everything else, we've got a pretty good handle on. How did Tyron Smith look to you yeah. playing tackle and yeah. specifically I want to say this is that can we make a fair evaluation of anything done in pass protection when so far we you know we're recording this Monday night we still got to see the Bills and the Jets play um, but so far through all but one game Dak Prescott was number one in the league in time to throw he was getting the ball out faster than anybody else he was getting it out and uh, I believe it was two point three seven seconds or something like that so Dak was it was quick throws you weren't having to block for very long but with that context behind it how do you think Tyron Smith looked at I think, I think Tyron Smith was fine I think he was fine I mean 
again, to me, where Tyron Smith, he's not as the the I think injuries have robbed him of some of his athletic ability. But you saw some of the pulls and him getting outside. That's when when he's outside running. It's you know defensive backs back up. You know he's going to create a lot of strong. Still very strong. But he probably doesn't have the lateral agility that he once had or the lateral quickness that he once had. But man, he's still one of those guys that if he gets his hands on you, he could he could he could finish you. You know, and I I, I, I you know, you look at last night with Thibodeau and those guys, there was nothing. There was nothing coming from that side over there. You know, not that Dallas you know ran a whole ton of plays. But the plays that they, you know, the plays that they had to run, the plays that they threw the ball, I think that Tyron Smith, when you watched him block, it was it was not to the level it was, you know, four or five years ago. But it's still, it's got to be, it's got to feel good for him to to have that kind of a start, a good start against, you know, with Ojolari and then Thibodeau and those guys with their ability to rush. Last one uh, before we get to the mailbag on the the Tyron Smith front again. What did you think uh, about the – we already talked about that opening drive in the second half. What did you think about that jumbo right side where they went – Unbalanced. Steel Smith. Unbalanced, uh, yeah. There? Unbalanced line, yeah. And what happens is unbalanced, you bring the, 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 the tight end down next to the, to the guard on the, uh, on the left side. But a, a creative wrinkle, you know, just something on the goal line that if they don't adjust to it, if the Giants don't adjust, then you know you've got an advantage of a 312 pound, 315 pound extra tackle over there, extra blocker over there. And what they do, they toss the ball, and it just was kind of a walk in, you know, walk in touchdown with yeah, all that. Honestly, with all- the the unbalanced line, I think worked exactly what it was because when you watch the the playback, I didn't think it was like blocked up super well like they just kind of got in the way of the defenders Pollard yeah. was patient and bounces but it's not like they just mauled them it was just you yeah. had three big guys there it was tough to to, to break through yeah. you're listening to the love the star podcast the love of the stars and odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. A lot of people feeling uh, really excited in the wake of this first victory for the Cowboys. Uh, Let's go with this first question from Levi. He says, if the Cowboys beat the Jets and start 2-0, will it change your predictions for their final record this year? 2-0 would mean they only need to go 10-5 the rest of the way to match their records in 21-22. and I think 13-4, 14-3 both become realistic with a win Sunday. Uh, 
I don't know about you, Brian. When we said 11 wins, I think we both came out with 11. Um, I thought they'd win the first two games of the year. Like, I, I, I didn't think they'd be in dominant fashion, but I, I thought they'd win. So, I don't know. I guess the way they win could maybe change my mind a little bit if they show certain things. But, man, we'll see tonight again with this Bills game. But if, if this Jets offensive line is as bad as the discussion about it has been and mm-hmm. Hard Knocks has covered and stuff like that, man, they might have just as much trouble blocking that front that Dallas has next week as, as the Giants did. Yeah, but then the Giants, you know, what? I mean, excuse me, the Jets will do is they'll commit to running the football. You yeah. know, they'll, they will, they will, they will, they will commit to, you know, they're not going to sit there. What's the one thing that last year, how did the Packers with Aaron Rodgers beat the, the Cowboys? They committed to running the football. Is yeah. what they, they didn't let the Cowboys tee off on them. Well, and then, the, and then it helped when Kelvin Joseph had to come in and you could yeah. just throw it on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 just, I just feel like that – I don't feel like this game is going to be as – and none of the games will, uh, this year I don't think will be as easy as the game was against the Giants. I don't see that. I, I think this is going to be a very hard-fought game. Um, Aaron Rodgers has a great history of playing very well. Uh, in that stadium we'll see tonight if what happens with the line like you mentioned but I do not predict any NFL team Bobby just saying okay we're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys throwing the football I I just teams are going to be I think teams are going to be really committed really committed to running the football and they'll say let's make it slow and ugly but let's not let this pass us. They're, they are they will wear they are going to try and wear the Cowboys down, their defensive line down. And if you wear them down, then the pass rush is not as effective. Does it change? I know that uh I know with the we we've just kind of talked about does it change your thoughts about things? I, I just I don't think so. But I, I do know that I know that teams aren't going to let the Dallas Cowboys just sick them as a pass rush. I just know that. We had several people ask us. uh, I know Sean Cunningham was one. I had a couple others in there on Twitter. Uh, We had several people ask us, what happens when Donovan Wilson is back healthy? How does that change the rotation? So uh, we know that. He plays. Yeah, Donovan Donovan Wilson plays. plays. Hey, you know what? Then all of a sudden – you know, then you find a way to you find a way to incorporate. Uh, you know, you find a way to to incorporate. Uh, Bell, with, Bell with is taking, yeah, Bell is taking the overshone role. So Bell, exactly. Bell is yeah. spoken for. Thomas is the one who is getting an increase in snaps because Wilson is out. If you wanted more snaps for Wanye Thomas, who that will probably come at the expense of actually is, and I don't think it necessarily will, but if they wanted to find him, it'd probably come at the expense more of Damone Clark yep. than I would, than I would think any of the safeties Yep. Um, because they, they believe in curse hooker and, and Wilson. Those are yep. their guys. And Wilson specifically, we asked uh, Dan Quinn out in Oxnard, like, Hey, when you talk about toughness and that's one of the things that's really important physicality to your defense who are the guys you point to on here to, to new players and say, Hey, follow this guy's lead. And the first guy he said was back Don- seven. If you're back, you know, if you're a back seven player, I'm pointing to Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson. Yep. And I'm saying you need to you need to play like that guy plays. Yep. And, and on the defensive line, he said it was Jonathan Hankins. And so that's Hankins looked that really good on tape too, Hankins, Bobby. Hankins, Hankins moved really well in this game. Hankins doesn't, we we've complained before about guys like, 
Bohanna and Gallimore and some of these bigger no, guys. No, no, this guy, this guy moves. moves. Yeah, Hankins, Hankins does not get moved. Nope. He has been such and he a moves. big acquisition. And he, yes, moves. and he moves. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, I think he was in the pursuit. He didn't get there. Obviously, I think he was in the pursuit along with Micah on that throw that Gilmore picked off. So yeah. he he's flashed some pass rush ability, no doubt about it. But uh, next question here from uh, Stevie J says, while he seems to be blocking well, Peyton Hendershot dropped another ball. We mentioned that earlier, this one in the end zone. Could we see Schoonmaker take some of his snaps as soon as week two versus the Jets? Or is Hendershot's leash longer than that? Longer. You think so? Yep. Even if John Stevens – so if John Stevens doesn't get hurt, what are they doing at tight end? I think I think, th- I, think I, think they're, I, think, I think it's close that they keep Hunter Lipke. That's where I think – I think that – you know, or somebody else would have – I think I, I do think they like Hendershot. Sure, but you're He's right. Start catching passes. Yeah, if he starts catching the if he if he continues to drop the ball, and trust me, I'm the biggest Schoonmaker fan here. I think Michigan's offense held Schoonmaker back. Yeah, I think I, I think, think Schoonmaker I, can be really dynamic. I think he can too. I think he can too. And I, I mean, it's it's something where there's going to reach a point where, you know what, they're not even going to have to take him off the field. I'll tell you what will happen is you're, that quarterback's going to stop trusting Henderson. Yep, absolutely. So the quarterback's just not going to go – the quarterback's not going to look for him because I know that's that's been frustrating in these practices during the offseason as well is that he's not consistently catching the ball there either. And, and Hendershot, I like his athletic ability. He's improved as a blocker. These are all things that you can really like. But if you're not going to catch the ball at the end of the day, like they're not going to play your yep. athleticism. Yep. So yep. Uh, next question here from Fernando Beltran. How much of the offensive struggles is on the weather and rust? I feel like Dak threw it well and accurate, uh, but just a lot of drops. Dak could have been better. I don't think Dak could was absolutely. Super yeah, sharp. no, absolutely could have been better. And Dak was not the offense sharp. as a whole. The offense as a whole could be better. I think the weather was a factor on offense for both teams. The like I said earlier, though, I think the Cowboys' defense was more of a factor. Uh, for the Giants' offense, but yeah, there's things that did Dak miss some throws? I think there were a couple of them that he'd probably like to have back. But we've mentioned three, four drops from what we saw. They, they, the offense didn't need to be great. The the thing I'm going to focus on when I look at this offense is what they did in that drive to start the second half. That's where I said th- if they don't have that drive, say they go three and out. Then I'm blasting this offense. You know, I'm yeah. saying, hey, you know, they, they, you, they, hey, you, they, they have to be better offensively. You have to be better. You know, I think Mike, I think McCarthy got in a little rhythm calling plays, especially that, that second half. Once, but it, you know, the lead with the way it was. I mean, the the offense. The, I mean, the first couple of series of the game, the offense wasn't even out there, and then next thing you know, it's like. You know what, six nothing, nine nothing, something like that. You know, I mean, by the time they kind of got things going, the defense had already kind of established what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, you had what it was um, one series in the entire first quarter. Yeah, and so and that one series was over pretty quickly, and you were still up sixteen nothing. And so uh, it's hard to judge exactly what the offense was going to be. I do think there is some rust and a new system, and it's a wet field, and it's all timing based. There, there were they were gonna be a little off. That was something that needed to you, be expected. You, you probably cannot be off this next week. No, but the first yeah. game, I think you can expect there were gonna be little. You're you're gonna work out some some timing things. It's yeah. the first time game speed reps running it. I, right. I can get it. Right. Uh, all right. Last question here from Thomas Davis. Thomas says the Cowboys pass rush looked elite. What percentage of that was based on the defense, and what percentage was based on the Giants' O line? 
how can they build off of that performance? So this is the uh, it's a little bit of chicken and the egg, Ryan, or, um, you know, in, in my case, uh, how much of it is that the Longhorns are, are back and Texas is back versus Nick Saban and Bama are cracking? Or is it a little bit of both? And uh, just like Bama and Texas, uh, which, man, the Giants, they they sure looked like Bama at times with a false start followed by a bad snap. That looked exactly like Bama on Saturday night. Uh, and so, uh, Brian, when you, you look at the uh, the offensive line for the Giants and what the Cowboys did with the pass rush, I would say, let's say 60-40. 60% is about the Cowboys, 40% is about that Giants offensive line definitely has some problems right now. I think it's I think it's more like – I think it's more like 80-20. I think the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are that good on that front. I think the pass rush is that good. Giants have some problems. Uh you know, we 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 talked about them two, you know, two, three guys. They got some problems up front. But I think I think the Cowboys pass rush put them in a bunch of bad spots. I, I think there's, you know, that that is a that's a that's a line that um you know, they they're they're trying to work on they're trying to get it better, but Everybody, everybody that took a swing at running or at a rush, did a great job. And you know, Will McClay told me this a while back when I asked him. Talked about Isaiah Isaiah Land. You know, I said, "Man, it's a shame you lost Isaiah Land." And Will McClay told me he goes, "Hey, he goes, we got pass rushers. We'll be fine. We got pass rushers." He knew. He knew. I, I think I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go eighty twenty. Dallas defensive line pass rush. 20% the Giants just completely fell apart. It'll be really interesting to see how they build on I think the Cowboys week. made them fall apart. That That's what I'm really yeah, trying to ab- say. I mean, I mean, they, they like we said, like, I mean, Parsons, the ability to threaten and cause guys to jump Dan outside. Dan Quinn yeah, made them fall apart, too. Yeah, Quinn, I mean, Quinn, going up against a guy in Wink Martindale who is notorious for you never know who's coming on the blitz, you can't identify it. That was one of the ways that when we talked about earlier that Daniel Jones was confused. There were several times where I don't think Daniel Jones knew who was coming and who wasn't. Nope. Nope. And, and that did it. that's a great job by Dan Quinn to disguise that. All right, that does it for us here on the Love the Star podcast. We will be back again with you guys with two more episodes this week. Remember, we are in-season schedule. That means three episodes a week that we're throwing at you. So we'll be back uh, hopefully with some updates on Tyler Smith. We're going to be talking Tuesday morning with Jerry Jones on 105 Through the Fan. Uh, hopefully have some good insight from him. But Uh, Looking forward to the Jets and figuring out uh, maybe some of this injury situation with Tyler Smith, Donovan Wilson, how close those guys are to come back. For Brian Broadus, I am Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys again next time.